Anderson. Hits it in the air to the right. Back at the wall, and the White Sox win it. Sox win. All right. <clears throat> Welcome back. This is the Fielding Soxie podcast. And we are just minutes ago away, literally five minutes ago. We're jumping right in the studio to recapping what just happened today against the Chicago Cubs. A, a two-game split, as I've, I've mentioned before, they should play longer games. But the Cubs were able to get one. It always seems like they always get one for their fans. So good for them. And <clears throat> I mean, the game they played yesterday, they got to Johnny Cueto very, very early, and it was after, I think, LaRusa tried to argue that Ian Happ interfused with Grandal, which, I mean, literally, LaRusa had a, had a point in that, but at the end of the day, that ends up not working out in the favor because the Cubs got two straight hits after that. I mean, they weren't they weren't even two hard hits. But, I mean, just this, this was a pathetic performance of offense, and it almost was through like eight innings and they still have offensive struggles. They, this was not a good series for the white Sox, even though they just walked off the Cubs just a few moments ago. Overall, this was not really a good series. You wanted this to be a good, a get right series against the team that for the most part is kind of in the stages of a rebuild. They really kind of don't know what direction they're going in. I think they're. It's more of a. I think it's more of a retool with them. Maybe less of a rebuild. I don't really know, but I know there's. The I know that going into this series, you were going against a team that lost twenty to five to the Reds, one of the worst teams in baseball. Now, granted, we didn't do a whole lot better coming into the series. We got blown out by the Red Sox, thirty-three to thirteen. That was just an abysmal podcast, and I ended up getting. Dallas Keuchel DFA, which we'll get into. Actually, we'll get into that right now. Dallas Keuchel DFA, shout out to the podcast. We were able to get the job done. Maybe somebody with the White Sox was finally listening when they decided, all right, this is enough of Dallas Keuchel. Let's pull the plug on him. And, the, I mean, from from the get-go, it was, it was a good signing for the most part because it was a move that the White Sox had to, had to pivot to because Zach Wheeler's wife decided she wanted to stay on the East Coast and not come to Chicago. And they were going to offer Zach Wheeler. It was like a five-year, $200 million contract that they were going to offer him. Well, that I could tell you what. The White Sox could use Zach Wheeler right about now in the rotation because after they didn't sign him, they had to rotate and give Dallas Keuchel three years, $55 million. Now, granted, Keuchel was good. He was good that first year. Shortened season, 6-2, and two, 199 ERA. We all know how good he was the first year he was here. It was only 60 games. But in the playoffs, he was bad. We brought him here for his playoff experience, and he won us no playoff games. No playoff games. In fact, the one playoff game he started, he went three innings and gave up five runs in a game in which the White Sox needed him to close out the series, a quick two-game series to go to the division series. They didn't do that. He didn't work out. And then after that, you know, you look at what happened with him last year. Last year, he was kind. He was pretty good for the start of the year. And then I think this is just my theory. I think he was a spider tack guy. 
because Major League Baseball banned pitchers from using foreign substances. I think he was a guy who was big on using foreign substances. And when they took that away, he couldn't find the adjustment. And it showed because when you look at his second half, he fell off completely. He could not go through one start without giving up five, six, seven, eight gazillion runs. It was abysmal. It was abysmal. It was a bad signing. And it just goes back to, I mean, you look at this regime. I mean, sure, they might have built a team that right now is underachieving. I mean, they have been trying to tell us to preach patience. But, I mean, we're we're at Memorial Day, and this team still is inconsistent. They can't score runs. And you finally cut ways with Dallas Keuchel. I mean, that was, that was something that, that should have been done two weeks ago. Now, granted, I mean, I I saw his last start with the White Sox, so shout out. We were able to get the job done. They finally listened and DFA Dallas Keuchel. Now, who's going to take his spot in the rotation? Probably Johnny Cueto. I mean, and I think if they're going to have, they'll probably have Davis Martin make a spot start before Lynn is officially back to health. He was on a rehab start. He was on a rehab start today. I haven't quite looked at an update of what happened with it. But he will probably be back within a couple of weeks, probably, you know, within maybe their next homestand when they play the Tigers. They want to get at least three starts for him. So it's only a matter of time before Lance Lynn comes back. And they felt like this, the the time was now. And now, before I mentioned it, you know, this, this regime and how, how they have just been so bad at supplementing and bringing core pieces to this young core and making guys better. They have failed at building a team around the core. I mean, think about it. Since the 2020 season, they signed Grandal, who, I mean, up until recently has been bad. I mean, Grandal was good up until, actually, I should reword that. Grandal was good up until recently when he's gotten off to such a horrid start. I don't know if that's because of injuries and whatnot nobody really knows I mean he made a great catch saving really saving the game today because I mean who knows what Anderson Simmons does if he has an extra pitch but I mean shout out to Grandal he was able to make a diving catch that was able to save the game got the second out and they were able to get out of the 12th inning without any runs and but back to the most so you go to Grandal they signed Dallas Keiko who they just let go um who else am I missing they Edwin Encarnacion you know, Carnacion has been bad. And then you look at last offseason. They signed Adam Eaton because Michael Brantley apparently wanted too much money. And, you know, we have a cheap owner. So they had to go with a cheaper option of Adam Eaton, who they ended up cutting in June. And then they turned that around into signing Jake Lamb, who they ended up cutting in, I think, August. And then you look at this recent offseason. Josh Harrison has been bad. A.J. Pollock has just... You know, he had that one good two weeks where he was hitting the ball, and now he hasn't really done a whole lot. And then you look at Joe Kelly, who's pitched in five games. Kendall Graven has basically been the team's only good signing of the offseason. You brought back Leary Garcia, who has just been putrid. I mean, Leary Garcia plays every other day, and just it's just a guaranteed out between him and Josh Harrison every single time at second base. It's just bad. It's just bad. It's getting as bad as it gets. And then even like before that, you know, you look at this regime and what they were building up. I mean, they were in a a rebuild before this, and then they prematurely decided to go for it. They traded Marcus Simeon and Chris Bassett. They traded Fernando Tatis Jr., which you look at this um, 
reign of terror. And even those signings, Melky Cabrera, he wasn't that good. David Robertson was probably a consistent one. Adam LaRoche was bad. And then before that, you had Jeff Kepinger. You had Adam Dunn. I could go down the list of just the missed free agent signings that this regime has had in probably in the 20 years that they have been here. That's been the one thing that this regime has been consistent on is missing on free agent signings. And when they do bring in good players, they're way past their prime and are way past the player that they used to be. You could go down the list of players that those signings that they came in, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., Manny Ramirez, you know, we brought in Justin Morneau for like half of a season. It's like, what are we even doing here? And it, it just goes to show you that, you know, free agency doesn't always, but, you know, they just go after the wrong ones. They're just bad at evaluating free agent talent, which is, it probably explains why they try and uh, get these good players through trades because they are just bad at evaluating free agency. I think we have to come to grips with that, that Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, they're bad at evaluating free agents. I hate to say it because they built a, a team that up until this point is the most underachieving team in baseball. And yet we still are only are we're still five games out. I mean, the division's bad, but you know, how much longer can we keep putting off that hey, it's still early, hey, it's still early? Because I mean I've said in the previous podcast, the time is now. The time is now, and you know, you can't afford to be having Dallas Keuchel just blowing you games, especially with a seven ERA. It's just unacceptable. So credit to the podcast. We DFA Dallas Keuchel. And then we go to the other White Sox news that happened today. Tim Anderson left the game today with a right groin strain and will be further evaluated on Monday. And it's just when you think things couldn't get any worse. I mean, the team, the team can't hit. And, and now you lose your best hitter for, I don't know how long I've seen that groin injuries take about six to eight weeks, depending on how severe the injury is like that. It just get, it just goes from bad to worse. We can't seem to catch a break with these injuries. I mean, just even like this past week, Luis Robert got the COVID Aloy Jimenez, who I, who was on a rehab assignment, got pulled after his first at bat with leg soreness. So who even knows when he's going to be back. And then, and now you lose TA who has been your fire, your igniter, who we've, we've mentioned on this, on this podcast, you know, just a week ago, you know, he was the, he's the igniter of this team and this team goes as Tim Anderson goes. And now I just don't know like what's going to happen with this team with, without Tim Anderson, like, it's really going to be interesting to see if they can hold on for who knows, like you, you just hope that you're still in contention. And that the team just finds its fire because, I mean, for the most part, they've looked lifeless about half of the time when they're on the field. You can tell when they're defeated. And now you lose Tim Anderson, your team leader, your main clubhouse guy, your best hitter overall, who I think he's even been a better hitter than Luis Roberts so far. And now you lose him in the fifth inning. You don't know how long he's going to be out, and it's – it just couldn't come at a worse time because when you are struggling offense the way the White Sox are, you don't want to – you can't afford to lose your best hitter. I mean, Tim Anderson, for the most part, has stayed relatively healthy throughout his White Sox career. It's just rather unfortunate that now something like this comes up and you just, you just hope they can weather the storm. I mean, you, I don't know what, 
where they're going to go from here. I think Danny Mendick's probably going to get more starts at shortstop. It should be Gilbert Sanchez, who is tearing it up in the minor leagues and is right on the doorstep of being in Major League Baseball. I, he should at least get a shot. I mean, it's not it, it can't be any worse than what Josh Harrison and Leary Garcia have given you. I think Mendick has been okay. I just don't think he really has really had a fair shot at it. So, I mean, those are those are the two options that I that I say that they should that they should probably go with. I just know for a fact that Jake Berger has earned his keep. I just know that for a fact. We'll transition into that. So, hopefully TA isn't out that long, but we go from TA to Jake Berger, the Burgermeister, the Burger Bomb. Burgers. Burgers. Jake Berger. I mean, everybody who who obviously had uh, his story of getting to the majors, it's a it's a great one. You know, went through the two different injuries, and he got his call up last year, made them only played about a couple months with the team, and then but early to, but to start the year, he was the team starting third baseman with Yoel Moncada out. And then when Moncada came back, they sent him back down. I mean, Jake Berger has earned his keep. He has earned a shot at being on this team for the long haul. He should still be on the team. I whether it's at second base, whether you put Moncada at second base, whether you put Berger at third base or Moncada at third base, Jake Berger has hit his way to earning his keep. I mean, he's is the only one who's I mean, you look at the past like week that he's had. He had the three run homer against the Red Sox. He he scored he hit the only he hit the home run. That was the only run the White Sox scored in yesterday's game in which the Cubs basically just bullpen just shut down the offense. And it for the most part, he's earned his keep. You look at his numbers since he's came back. He's had more clutch hits. I know he had he had a blunder of an error today that led the Cubs first run to score. And for a moment, that that would have been the play of the game because, you know, we'll get into that game of what happened today. But Berger has earned his keep. Jake Berger has earned his keep. You know, he had the he had the game winning hit today, which I mean, clutch. I mean, good for Jake Berger to be able to redeem himself because he he was having a rough day at the plate. I mean, not only with strikeouts, but you know, he was hitting the ball hard. Christian Morrell robbed him of. I, it would have been a, at least extra base hits. I mean, Christian Morrell would had himself quite a game today, but for the most part, Jake Berger has earned his keep. When you look at the numbers, when you look at his plate approach, I mean, right now he, he should definitely be hitting further up in the lineup. I mean, they bat him third today, which is the highest that they've had him. And it, for the most part, they should keep him. They should keep him up here. He's earned his keep. He's earned that right to at least play th- four out of five days. I mean, he's hitting the ball better than Mankata. I mean, Mankata has been struggling really bad at the plate. Gradal's been struggling at the plate. So I think when you look overall, you you need as many guys as you can hitting the ball in this lineup. And you gotta keep you gotta keep Jake Berger up here. He's earned his keep. He won the game for him today. He had the game winning hit. So I that's just my opinion. I think he's played his way onto this team. And I mean, good for him, because you know, he, he obviously had a tough journey to get here. He had two torn Achilles injuries in, I believe, like it was a three-month period in which he tore two tore his Achilles twice in 2018, didn't play in 2019, and I believe he was brought back in 2020 at the, I think he played independent baseball and was brought back in minor league camp at the end, at the beginning of this year. And just to see him be able to come back and, 
make an impact on this team. It's it's a good it's a good story. It's a good story. I mean, you love to see what Jake Berger is doing for the team because I mean, the rest of these guys are just not hitting the ball. I mean, it's it's rinse and repeat with this team with with every other podcast. I mean, they they're the I mean, they scored five runs today. And it took them like four extra innings to get to five runs because for the most part, the, their offensive performance, and I'm going to get to the series, their offensive performance for this series was abysmal. It was abysmal. Now, granted, Keegan Thompson is a pretty solid relief pitcher. I'm going to give him that. But they, they just couldn't do anything against him. Couldn't do anything against any reliever that the Cubs brought in and even like the first part of the game, I, I think I might have mentioned it before, before how the game started, Tony La Russa tried to make a tried to make an argument that Ian Happ interfered. And then the next and the next two batters got hits, and next thing you know, it was two nothing. I mean the Cubs were they didn't they didn't have any real big extra base hits. They were just able to get on Johnny Cueto. I mean, Cueto, I mean, you weren't really expecting him to throw a scoreless inning after scoreless inning every other time out. You know, you're expecting him to kind of have an off an off start, but the Cubs were really, they came out in aggressive form. They came out, they were the aggressors. They were swinging very early. I think Johnny Cueto pitched up until the seventh inning because he, he had like 70 pitches by then because the Cubs were going out on an assault on him. And credit to them because they basically knocked him out of the game against a White Sox offense for it was lifeless. It was a lifeless offense. And even... So they the Cubs won that game five to one. So who cares about that? And then the game today, much of the same. Marcus Stroman's just going out there, just mowing guys down. You know, Marcus Stroman's in there in the seventh inning. He only has, I, I think he only threw like seventy pitches up to that point. I remember at one point it was in the sixth inning and he only threw fifty eight pitches, which I mean it was rinse and repeat with this offense. They they swing at balls and they're very aggressive in counts early. That leads to easy ground ball outs. Like it's just, it's rinse and repeat with the offense for the most it's rinse and repeat. Like, and this offense was lifeless. It was a lifeless offense for the last like seven, the first like 17 innings of this entire series. I think you can make the argument, maybe the seventh inning where they got things going. They got a couple walks. They got a hit. They had bases loaded one out. Couldn't score the run. I mean, that was, that's the other rinse and repeat thing. And then they were able to get to the ninth inning and they were able to keep the game going because of a wild pitch, a wild pitch by David Robertson, former White Sox, uh, Rick Hahn, I guess, okay signee. He he allows the game to go into extra innings, and then the Cubs score two runs in the tenth. It's three one. I'll give the White Sox credit for this. They showed their sense of urgency when they needed it, because they they could have quit. They were down. It was one nothing with two outs. And then the wild pitch got passed, and they just kept fighting. They kept fighting. I will give them the credit for that. They didn't quit on this game today because, I mean, especially when Tim Anderson left the game in the fifth inning, you really just felt like, oh, like you really wanted to say the season was over. I mean, you're getting pretty close with the way the offense is going, and you lose your best offensive guy. I mean, you wanted to say the season was over, but they showed the sense of urgency to at least keep the game going long enough for Matt Foster to come into the 12th, hold things down, and then, as we mentioned, Jake Berger, he got the game-winning hit. So we were able to hold off, at least split the series, because 
this would have been a very different podcast if they would have lost the game. And it almost was because this was a very irritable game. Like every sense that you felt like the White Sox were going to get some sort of offensive momentum, they would just have pop-up, pop-up. They didn't strike out a whole lot. I mean, I'll give them that. They're not striking out a whole lot, but they're also not taking their walks. And some of the at-bats are just not really competitive. And for the most part, they were lifeless for the most part of this series. But, I mean, I'll give them credit. They showed fight. They were able to win this game. And, I mean, you you just hope that Tim Anderson isn't out for a long time because, you know, this team really needs him. This team is really going to need him. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, especially we'll go right into the Toronto series. I mean, this Toronto series might just – it might be bad. I mean, they, they're throwing out Kevin Gosman, huge in Ryu, and I have to look up and see who the third guy they're throwing out there. Uh, Alex Monana. Manoa, I think Manoa. I I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think it's Manoa. I mean, that's this. It's going to be a tough three game series. And now you don't have Tim Anderson. I don't think Luis Robert is going to be back for this series. And I mean, you're a struggling offense going up against three great starting pitchers for the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, Kevin Gossman is an early candidate to win the Cy Young. He basically throws two pitches: a fastball and a splitter. And that's pretty much enough to just mow down an entire lineup. I wanted the White Sox to sign him in the offseason, but he instead went to the Toronto Blue Jays. And, well, now we get to face him on Tuesday. He's going up against Lucas Giolito. I mean, all of these games present pretty solid pitching matchups for the most part. You have Giolito against Gossman, who is, you know, Giolito's been as consistent as it gets. Kopech has been good. As they go up against the left-hander Hughes and Ryu, that feels like a game the White Sox could win with their ability to bounce on left-handed pitchers. But again, you know, what what's their offense going to look like against two really good pitchers in Alex Mo- Manoa, Kevin Gossman, Hughes and Ryu, who I know hasn't quite been as good this year. But I mean, you they show some sense of urgency. It's going to be a it's going to be a tough three series for the White Sox. I've mentioned in the previous podcast in the lead up that they're going up against Toronto, Tampa Bay, two really good teams in the American League East, and then probably the best team in the National League, the Los Angeles Dodgers come to town. The best organization in Major League Baseball that I wish the White Sox were, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They'll be coming to town. So they got three tough series coming up and you know, you couldn't have picked a worse time to lose TA. I mean, you hope Luis Robert is back and doesn't really have any lingering effects from COVID because, I mean, my God, I don't know how much longer this team can go about scoring three runs a game and just being lifeless on offense and just having these non-competitive at-bats and just being a frustrational burden on my part and everybody else's part. Like, it, they need to turn it around quick. And I'm glad they showed a sense of urgency because – they know that if they would have lost that game today against the Cubs, they would be hearing it. They would be not only from me, but from the media because they put the expectations of we are a World Series contender 
But when you look at the offensive numbers, they're a bottom third offense in the entire league. The reason that they've been staying afloat for this long is because of the starting pitching that they've been getting from the first three guys. You've gotten some quality starts out of Vince Velasquez. I mean, Keiko was, I, who cares about him? Who cares about him anymore? I'd much rather see Davis Martin pitch. And I mean, the starting pitching's kept this team in a float. And thank God, because, you know, you look at other grabs. I mean, they, they would be 10 games under 500. I forgot what it was, but they'd be 10 games under 500 with the amount of strategic disadvantages that they have that they have been at and now you add another injury i mean just when you think things couldn't get any worse i mean they they just do but i mean they have they have to at least try and try and keep floating try and keep treading water but i don't know how much longer you can keep doing that especially when you're losing every key guy on offense and now they're going to be without their best two hitters going into toronto because i don't think Luis roberts traveling with the team it's I, I'm very nervous for this series against the Blue Jays, but with every loss and with every twins win, they get a game in the standings. And eventually, I mean, it's going to get to a point where you're going to be looking up and you're eight games out of first place and you're going to be like, well, how did that happen? Well, your offense decided not to show up in about half of the big games that that you were playing. in. Now, granted, the schedule has been tough, but the offense is not doing its part. As much as you want to blame Frank Menachino, which I had before, as much as you want to blame Tony La Russa, like I had before, at the end of the day, Tony La Russa and Frank Menachino aren't going up there and batting. It's the White Sox who are going up there and batting. And they need to stop making excuses, and they need to start hitting the ball. Because, because I mean, you got to show some sense of urgency because at some point, the Central is going to be too far out of hand and you're just going to be looking up and you're eight games out and you're going to be trading half of your team at the trade deadline because you want to rebuild it for next year. It's pathetic. It's it's pathetic that we're even at this point of the season and we're talking about, I mean, what what are we going to do with the trade deadline? Are we going to be sellers or are we going to be buyers? Like it, It's kind of sad that we're at this point of the season, but, I mean, that's what the White Sox have done when they underperform, they've underachieved, and for the most part, they've been a bottom third offense in the league. I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, you look at the numbers. I mean, they show the numbers on the graphic every single game of 25th in this, dead last in walks. I mean, they they have the fewest strikeouts, but I mean, what's what's it doing with them if they're not if they're not hitting the ball? I feel like they have the highest ground ball percentage in the entire league. It has just been a bad bad start to the offensive start of the season. And I mean, you're 40 games in and now, I mean, as much as you want to be patient with these guys, I mean, I'm starting to lose patience and now you just lost your best hitter. So, I mean, I don't know how much longer they can ride this out. I don't know. You, you just hope that things start to get better, better soon. And you better start the hoping that the bats turn. It's really all we can, it's all we can really do at this point, other than, just hope that they, I mean, there's the, the dark side where you want them to fail and then they just fire everybody. But I mean, do you guys trust Jerry Reinsdorf to hire smart baseball people? No, Jerry Reinsdorf hasn't fired a GM since 1986. And that's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. There no, no real changes are going to be made until after the season. And if they don't make the playoffs, significant changes probably won't be made but they probably should be made.
But I mean, we're not gonna go there yet. We still have we still have like four more months of the season, and you hope that in these four months they can turn it around. I mean, you hope T.A. isn't out for too long. You hope Robert doesn't have any lingering effects. You hope Aloy gets back and is able to hit more home runs because. I mean, he was just as bad as everybody else on this offense when he was when he was in there. So, I mean, we we're really being tested. The positive vibe store is really being tested to this point. And I mean, at this point, the only thing we could do is just try and keep the faith. I guess. I mean, this would be a completely different podcast, though, if they would have lost the game today. I'm I'm just I'm going to say that right now for anybody else that listens to my white Sox bias this would have been a completely different podcast like I, this would have been uh, it would have been as bad as the yankees podcast where i completely lost my mind but i also had it wasn't a good that was not a good podcast i i don't want to go back to that podcast but it would have been a very very similar one to that one well i hope you guys had a great memorial day weekend and Coming up, you know, obviously we have that three-game set with the Blue Jays. You hope that the injuries to TA aren't as severe. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. This next three-game series is going to be tough without your two best hitters. You don't know what the lineup's going to look like. And going up against some two really good power hand pitchers, it, it might be a tough series for the White Sox against the Blue Jays. But, I mean, you kind of just got to kind of just gotta watch these games and hope for the best. And, I mean, at this point, it can't get any worse well i'm sure it could but let's not let's hope it doesn't get any worse all right guys that's enough of today i hope you guys had a great memorial day weekend and let's go 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 white socks i also forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast this is episode number 25 the andrew vaughn the jim told me episode and we also can't forget that at one point in time, James Shields wore number 25, scumbag. And Joe Borchard and Ryan LaRoche also wore number 25. I feel like 25, they're just tossing it around. They need to just they need to just stick to giving number 25 consistently to power hitters like Andrew Vaughn and Jim Tomey. All right, that's that's enough of that's enough of that. All right, guys, I will see you probably on Thursday after the Blue Jays series. So, I mean, you kind of just hope for the best, and let's see if anything changes. But for now, let's go White Sox. And let's go, let's try and get the offense back in gear. Let's try and get the offense back in gear. Everybody needs to just wake up and get out of their collective slumps and get the Soxie meter off of a two, which is, eh, I mean, we're still interested. But I mean, at some point, this it's going to be too far, too far out of it. All right, that that's enough. That's enough for this today's episode. Hope you guys had a great Memorial Day, and let's go White Sox.